Jazz Experience, Season 2. Let's go! Thanks for joining us for Season 2. Join the conversation with Nat, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family. Hey guys, on today's episode, we're so excited. We have two great friends on the episode today, Ben and Heather Armstrong. So excited. We're actually recording here live from uh, Bethel Church in Reading, which you guys are from. And uh, Bethel has had such an impact on our lives for so many years. And I know, Ben, I got to know you over the years with School of the Prophets. Matter of fact, it's coming up and uh, some really amazing things you guys have going on. And so uh, we're excited to have this conversation today. Yes, we are. Thank you guys so much for being on the episode today. For those that may not know who you are, can you tell a listener a little bit about yourselves, some of your passions and what you do? You want to start off, maybe? Sure. I'm Heather, and I'm actually a photographer. I've been a photographer for 12 years, and um, three years ago, Ben and I said yes to co-leading and um, pastoring our Cascade Church campus here yeah. for Bethel. We branched off and made another campus, so that's been a really exciting piece. We have three kids, a 21, 19, and 17-year-old. Boy, girl, girl. Yep, and loving life. Yeah. Yeah, she's an incredible photographer, professional photographer, um, and it is one of those one of those seasons in our life where uh, we're we're looking at everything we do, and we're looking at it through a, a new lens and new seasons, and we're almost to a place where all our kids are out of the house, right? Um, so that that's yeah. a whole we can't imagine that whole, yet, yeah, soon it's enough. a whole new deal. <laughs> Um, and then uh, I'm Ben Armstrong, uh, like Matt said. Um, I'm the prophetic ministries director here at Bethel Church and have been doing that for the last five, six years, really developing prophetic uh, community, culture, training, equipping. I get to travel the world as well with that. And the like Heather said, our favorite portion of this is really doing and leading uh, a whole church campus together. Uh, which is so a, uh, a cool kind of culmination or circle back around. We're missing everyone so much. Yeah. 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 With COVID and everything, it's been a bummer because we've had to shut down our campuses mm-hmm. and we try and reach out to them. Heather is great with sending emails or she does handwritten letters through the mail. Wow. wow. All the time. That She's is impressive. Average about 20 to 30 a week. No, oh my no, word. yes, no. baby. I count them up every time. I count them. I'm like, that was 28 letters. How many stamps is that? Uh, that's co- that costs. <laughs> yes, it does. Wow, that personal touch. Yes. Yeah, wow. You know, it reminds me when we did campus ministry. Actually, the strategy that we had for students, we actually would have a, a prayer table, and students would sign up to find out more, and I would personally call them. Yeah. Like it yes. was like a list of maybe like two, three hundred students. But my phone bill showed it. My cell phone oh, bill showed it. There was no yeah. unlimited plans back then. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. No. Oh, that was back per in minute the day. plans. Oh, <laughs> yes, it was. We'll there's just nothing say, like personal touch. Yeah, yeah we'll just say it's I'm probably amazing. paying off the debt still of those phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's something about the personal touch. And you know what I love about that, Heather, is that you know, in a day where we have you know social media and so many different ways of connecting with people, still the personal touch mm-hmm. is amazing because in a time of uncertainty, people are le- looking for certainty. 
they're looking uh, for for people who are consistent. Are consistent. Yeah, so true. And uh, the the fact that you're doing that just builds such a um, I would say a peace and just so much in a person's life to know, hey, you know, pastor, the leader here who's leading yeah. is setting a personal touch. It's bringing some certainty. It's bringing consistency. And that's for really sure. what we need right now. Wow. I love that. And the care just for people yeah. to know they're thought of and cared for. I think it's so important. Yeah. So I love the way that she as well, she's not trying to be prophetic. She's not trying to be revelatory. She's trying to bring care and love mm-hmm. and nurture that comfort side of the prophetic to people who need it so much. And what she winds up doing, she'll send a letter and the response many, many weeks. I, I don't think there's a week that doesn't go by where someone doesn't respond. How did you know I needed this this week? Wow. And, yeah. and, and how did you know this is exactly what's going on in my life? Uh, so it's just that kind of naturally prophetic wow. when you when you become an encourager, when you become a comforter, someone who strengthens people, you don't have to try to be prophetic. It just comes out naturally. And that's Heather. Wow. That wow. is so good. You remind, it really reminds me of when Paul in the Thessalonians church is, I came to you as a nurturing mother. And yeah. uh, there's yeah. something so significant about that. I yeah. even think right now during this time, that nurturing side is so significant uh, for individuals right now. Like, I mean, we've, we've just talked to so many different people that are just looking for consistency. Sure. They're looking, you know, uh, for certainty, especially in the time of uncertainty. It just seems like, you know, right now, currently, you know, we're back in uh, the pre-stages of, of a shutdown and we yeah. had just gotten out of that. Now we're back in it. So there's just so much going on. And to have leaders such as your guys' self, uh, to bring consistency and really uh, help building uh, some certainty is it's 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 huge. Thank yeah. you. It really is. It really so is. Good. So I have another question for you guys. Uh, you guys have been so instrumental of building the prophetic community and uh, culture here at Bethel. And uh, how did you guys? How did that journey go for you guys? And uh, what are you guys' personal journey into the prophetic? That's all you. <laughs> no, it's not all me. It, it, we, we do it together, no, but. I think I, I maybe in some ways I've been on a longer conscious journey. And I say conscious journey because sometimes in our lives, subconsciously or behind the scenes, under the surface, God is working something in our life that we don't recognize until later, till those aha moments, those Kairos moments, those someone called me out moments. Or I, I'm in a different season of life, and now it's coming up. And I think Heather's always been naturally prophetic, but her deal was like, I don't look like you, and you're weird, so I'm not prophetic. And I grew up in Weaverville, California, so I grew up with Bill and Chris and all them. This is pre-Chris's prophetic stuff, before any of that happened, uh, we just, we spoke life over people. We didn't call it a prophetic word. Once in a while, someone would stand up in the middle of church, you know, quiet worship set, and someone stands up and says, thus saith the Lord, and it freaks you out. And you're like, 
And then they talk like they're God, and I would look over and think, Mom, you're not God. Like, why are you talking this way? And, and, and so we just, we just knew, oh, she got a word from the Lord. And we didn't have a thing called prophets or whatever, or people in the church were recognized as But we did have the gift operating, and we grew, and it got cultivated. And I had a couple encounters when I was young, and, you know, if you've been to School of Prophets or if you've been on any of our prophetic teaching stuff, uh, you know, I go into depth w- with those two encounters between the ages of eight and ten that I think I never knew there was such thing as a prophetic ministries director, you know, or even a prophet when I was eight or ten years old. Mm-hmm. So God was guiding my life towards something in my future I had no idea it was was there. And so it's just been a constant development over years and a constant practice. I chose long ago when I was really young, I want to speak life every situation I come into, and I want to try and be the most positive person in the room. There's always a silver lining with me, right, baby? I'm always like, oh, it'll be okay. It's going to be fine. You know, don't worry about it. You know, God's got this, you know, that kind of attitude. So for me, you know, that's kind of my progression. And even when I went away to Bible college, they they would call me Pentecostal Ben, uh, you know, because I was a little different than everyone else. I believed in healing. I believed in, in, in prophecy, and I believed in this stuff, and I walked it out just in regular life, not trying to wake up and say, who am I going to prophesy over? It just was natural overflow of my life. What about you, baby? What's your kind of journey in this? My journey in this is to find who I am beyond what it looks like in my husband. And so I think for me at times I was like, it's not, I just don't see things that way. I don't get words like he does. And so it was hard for me, especially in the earlier years to Mm. go, I am prophetic because I definitely didn't have the words coming or just the revelations that he was having. And And she wouldn't get the like revelatory dreams or prophetic dreams that I would get. So she's like, wait a second. I don't, And so I'm like, I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to just be a photographer. I'm going to do what I'm doing and he can do what he's doing. And I think something that, you know, we walk through a a pretty heavy season of in life and, but finding that you can champion each other and it doesn't have to look the same. Mm -hmm. And what's so beautiful is that the prophetic in me looks different than it does in him, but it's just as powerful. And so so to be together, to be a team and, it's even, I think, a greater level when we're in it together versus yeah. just, you know, I'm doing my thing, he's doing his thing. Obviously, you know, we're all... And I think in the prophetic, too, and her photography, it manifests in a different way. So mm-hmm. it, it actually, the delivery of it was different. And one of her mottos uh, with Heather Armstrong photography is capturing the heart, mm-hmm. which yes. is the prophetic. It's mm-hmm. It's seeing what God says you are, not what the surface says you are. And we're trying to bring that out through photography. And people would come back and say, I'm never going to let anyone else photograph me in my whole life because I've never seen myself this way. And so that those are the constant things or, you know, one time she's out shooting a couple and, and she, are you guys going to tell everything? Tell the story. Oh, so I, just to, I just have to. I just have to interrupt. He's a chatter. Um, he loves it. It's okay. Um, no, it, it was early in when I first started 
photographing and I saw something over this couple and the banner and we just were had moved to to Reading. This is like 13 years ago. And this banner over this couple, the little girls running ahead of them and it said five years of marriage left. And I was like, okay, I'm not at church. What's going on? Like I, I really, I, I'm like, what, what is happening right now? And I heard the Holy Spirit just say, pray over their marriage. Mm. And so and again, I didn't know the family, so I just prayed over them. I didn't make anything known to them that it was, you know, that I was having this. But I, she's I, creating connection with. I got shot. home and I told Ben about it, and I we just prayed over the the family. The coolest thing ever is about seven years later, I got a call from them, and she's like, "We haven't had family photos since you last took our." Our, our pictures, can we, you know, schedule something? And it was just amazing to see that they surpassed the five years. They're still married, have three kids. And so you just never know prophetically in a moment what God's going to show you. You pray over that and then you'll see the fruit of it. Wow. You know what I love is you guys have both really shared with the listener two different journeys and given permission for both. You know, yes. I think one of the things that, that so you important. see, the first nature that God revealed to humanity was as creator. Mm-hmm. Elohim. Yeah. And so sometimes in the prophetic, we uh, maybe forget about that aspect that yeah. part of the prophetic is very creative in nature. And so uh, what I love that you're saying, both you guys and even Heather in photography is that sometimes, so one of the things that people may not know, uh, I've done, I'm uh, done branding and websites and yeah. graphics. I do all that, but I don't promote it. I could do it as a job full time, but yeah. I just don't because of the fact that, you know, there's other things. But I almost feel like it's cheating because I do uh, consulting uh, in those areas. And it's interesting when you put the prophetic with creativity, how sometimes you're a step ahead. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we forget that, uh, you know, when you have that prophetic nature and uh, you're going into the marketplace, whether it's photography or education or, or, you know, whatever uh, uh, means or realms it, it could be in is that there is an edge that you carry with you, uh, both in uh, foresight, insight, and uh, hindsight. And yeah. so hearing your story, uh, I really do is believe, giving people permission that the prophetic can look different, that yeah. you don't have to be you know, a, a necessarily a prophet or a prophetess or a prophetic minister uh, where you're just giving encouragement within church. But we really want to see this go out beside outside the four walls of the yeah, church. And yeah, that's why absolutely. the School of the Prophets have been so uh, keen in that and in, in seeing, you know, the prophetic go into government, go into education, yeah. uh, go into family. And uh, we just want to give per- people permission to do that. So I love both of your guys' stories and yeah. journeys because, yeah. it, you know, I think real quick, one, one more question. I know you have a question is what has that journey looked like as a couple? Because you guys are both... Uh, co-leading yeah and uh, you guys both have uh different uh prophetic graces and uh prophetic journey i know me and des i know uh we've had to grow in that because you know we're both strong personalities uh we both uh, uh prophetically uh receive our revelation different yeah no i mean when you were sharing i'm like yes yes and yes like i absolutely <laughs> can relate to everything that you are saying and that was very much the case for me as well you know i I always knew, oh, we can all prophesy. I know that. I know I have the ability to prophesy just being a child of God, a believer. So, but the the thought that I could be as prophetic as him, there was a sense sometimes of competition there underlying For that sure. I didn't want, I, that was in my heart, but we have a tendency to do that when we're close relationship with people, especially marriage. So I know like 
you kind of mentioned that earlier. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that because how do we kind of war against that sense of competition in mm. marriage when I feel like you like you said, it's so much more powerful when we do it together, you know, and it can look different. We can have our own things, but when we can partner together and see, um, a vision together and go after a dream together and go after something together, it, it creates an authority. I think that is so powerful. Um, yeah. Cause you know, one of the things that we're looking and we feel like is a highlight of this area is couples being individually powerful together. Yeah. And so I think what, what we've learned because like, uh, we, we, you know, you have those hard talks, like, you, I mean, we've had a lot of hard talks and, and it's been good. But one of the things that I realized is that, uh, I started going into passivity and in that area of like, okay, well, I yeah. got to make room. So if I make room, I become less than rather than not being less than, but just learning how yeah. to navigate. And together. I was never asking yeah. them to do that. Right. So <laughs> what do you guys think about all of that? I know it's kind of loaded. We started, I mean, our ministry started out, we were youth pastors when we first got married. And believe it or not, I was the youth pastor, worship leader, singer, yeah. piano player, and he was the bass guitar backup vocalist. Yeah. Well, <laughs> quick story. Uh, my wife, we're, we're at Disneyland one time, and she sees this guy with like this burgundy hair. Look, she's like, you should dye your hair like that. That'd be cool. And I'm like, okay. For youth pastors. So youth I had... Pastors bleach blonde hair and and she's going to dye my hair and she brings the dye back and she starts putting it in and she's like oh oh no and i'm like what what baby and then she shows me in the mirror and i'm i'm like what is going on i look at the bottle and i read the color it says atomic pink she went with the color the bottle looked like not what it read so and let's so, just say we were the coolest worship youth pastors. No, it's, it's he had serious, the pink like air. toxic, you know, radiation, oh, atomic pink. Like that, it was really. We got to pull up that picture and oh, post it oh, on his Instagram oh, yeah. when we and, you know, launched would, the podcast. I was so like, baby, just, this. it's already done. Go all the way. I even did my soul patch. <laughs> oh, my. Hey, we got to use that for the promo for the episode. Yeah. There Come you on. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find it for you. So no, we started out with, with that and that, I mean, that alone was just a lot of learning and growing and working together and it was good. It was hard, but as young marrieds, it's, it's, it's rough because you've been independent your whole life and now you're learning how to come together and you're so used to no one not having to change for anyone. And in some ways when we're young Life is all about us. And then it's the first time we're realizing life isn't about just me. It's about someone else. And how do we come together? And that's, that's give yourself a little grace if you're in that season and you're bumping up against each other. You're going to do that. You're going to be that. But yep. you got to figure it out. But keep pushing forward. Yeah. 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 Keep going. You go. I don't think uh, you know where I'm going. Well, well I, I think what, here's the I deal. I don't know if I'm tracking I, I think part of our life ha happens this way. We're always looking for a 10 mm -hmm. in, in our marriage or life. And, mm -hmm. and I think when we first start out, um, the equation looks like Ben's trying to be a, the, the full 10 to make our marriage a 10. And Heather's trying to be the full 10 rather than... You know, you can get 10 this way. 5 plus 5 equals 10. But here's another problem. Most of the time, we think we have to be equal. Mm -hmm. It has to be 5 plus 5 equals 10, and that's a good marriage. But what happens when I'm a 3 
and she's a seven, you're still getting a 10 and it doesn't make us less. It makes us still accomplish the goal. And that's where I think we started learning in the prophetic and in life. I don't always have to be a five or a 10 to make a 10. I can be a three, a two, a one. I can be a zero sometimes and she's the 10 and we're still a 10. Why? Because we're one. And and I think we've got to be better at changing the equation and realizing, hey, are we still getting there when she's awesome and I can sit back and praise her for being awesome so or vice versa? And I think that's where we're at at the Cascade campus because we finally come full circle and we're doing ministry together. And, and some days I'm like, I got something. And she's like, well, I got something too. I'm like, I like what you got better than what I got. Go for it. Or even if I have something or not have something, and it's okay if she doesn't have something as well. And so it's been a give and take and a, a fun, fun deal with that. Mm-hmm. Hasn't it been better yes, for you? Yes, way less competition. Just just make that go away. <laughs> and I love the, the Dove story because that was really one of the first times you were like, I do hear Holy Spirit. I am prophetic. It was that wedding, remember, where everyone was doing drugs and all this oh, stuff. yes. I wasn't tracking. No, I had this. It's a cool story. You'll like it. It's, it's good. So going into a wedding, a doubleheader wedding. So I had a Saturday wedding and a Sunday wedding. And I had an intern at the time uh, from a BSSM student, and I had 100% peace that she was supposed to be with me on the Saturday wedding. But on the Sunday wedding, I was like, I did, I could not get peace on it. So I Send very, very, yes, because I just know how much he loves to shoot weddings with me. He did it for a season, and we're out of the season, <laughs> but he did, he, he did serve me really a lot. And however, so I was like, I'm just going to email him. I'm like, could you please shoot the wedding with me on Sunday? I'm like, baby, talk to me. I live in the same home. You don't need to I'm email telling you, me. It just, sometimes you just, you know, you have to email your husband. No, just kidding. <laughs> so um, he's like, sure. Well, we get to the wedding. And literally it was uh, that the fact that I listened to the Holy Spirit was a miracle. And just. The guys were doing hard drugs and, and mixing it all together with different drugs and alcohol so just, and it would have tore up that little intern girl to be shooting all that stuff and we get through and we're sitting eating dinner away from the the wedding party just trying to eat real fast and we're sitting overlooking this river and this white dove flies over and lands on a, a bow right in front of us and heather's like i do hear holy spirit i can hear the voice of god and I need to trust that. And she's like, I am prophetic. And it was the first time she said it out loud. And I'm like, baby, I've been telling you this forever. It just looks different. Wow. And our motto here at uh, Bethel is the prophetic looks like you. So good. And we want everyone to have permission for it to look like manifest the way you are. And God loves to speak our language. Come on. You know, one thing that you guys were talking about earlier, and it's just, it's so good because we've been talking a lot about this lately, is really God highlighting the the comforting nature the of the Holy Spirit of God, you know, in this hour, which I guess we could relate to the mother side of God's nature. And I think one thing that we've talked about lately has been 
I guess, redefining our idea of what powerful is, because I think there's some tendency sometimes where people um, see it modeled in a person, see a nurturing person or see they're very comforting or loving and almost see that as weaker than another personality type. And, and maybe not, not everyone does this, but I think it's kind of, um, um, just been in conversation lately. I'll just say that. Um, but we're just seeing God really highlighting it. Well, for one, people just need that. They just are desperate. That's their lifeline right now. They need to be comforted. You know, there's a lot going on in our world, but I would love to hear both you guys and your perspective on specifically in the church, I guess, is how does the role of father and mother, um, in creating a prophetic culture, why are both necessary Mm -hmm. to see that happen? Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, I really believe that word is one of the most important words or attributes that are being released right now. I had a um, a thing happen in 2019 where the Holy Spirit came to me and he said, this, this is the season where I will be known as the comforter. Mm. And, and, and he said, this is one attribute people call me but don't know me. Mm. They don't know what it is to have real comfort. And the world, the world, all of us, church, outside the church, in every sphere, we're addicted to artificial comfort. And and artificial comfort that can look like Instagram, Facebook, it can look like movies, it can look like food, it can look like pornography, it can look like, uh, you know, a million different overworking you know, so I, I overwork. Why? Because there's pain over here I don't want to look at. And this helps me stay numb to the pain, and I never deal with the pain until it explodes somewhere. Why? So because we've never invited the Holy Spirit as the comforter to come and deal with my pain. I ignore pain, or I comfort it with something that fills for a moment but is void afterwards and makes me hungry to keep going back to that comfort. And uh, I think one, one of the things the Holy Spirit is doing in this season, not just with the, the pressure that's going on from COVID-19, the race riots, uh, all the things that are going on in the world right now, it's like the heat is being turned up because he wants us to actually deal with pain that's underlying. And, and I think mothers and fathers both ways, we bring different things to the table. And mothers are natural nurturers. Heather's just a natural nurturer, lover. And I look brilliant at our Cascade campus as a pastor because she is so caring. She is so loving. She's so hard. Oh, did you notice so-and-so wasn't here today? I'm like, no, I didn't notice that at all. And, and so you should text them. She says, you should text them. What is that? That I'm listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit coming through my wife to be a nurturer and a comforter and and I'm I'm honoring that that voice. And I think we've gotta have kind of that both, you know, and a father, what's a father do? We're we're supposed to inspire our children to do the impossible. Yep. That the impossible's possible. You know, my kids used to climb jungle gyms all the time. And and they would climb up, but they get stuck at the top. And then they start crying and comforter wants to come. I want to rescue them. Yeah. So she wants to rescue 
And I'm like, no, you got up there. You can get down. And they're like, no, dad, you're the worst dad in the whole world. Dad, help me. I'm going to die. I'm going to fall. And I'm like, no, just put your foot down, straight down. No, dad. And they're freaking out, shaking their foot all over. No, straight down. Put your foot straight down. You can do this. And I just talk them through success. And, and, and they get down and they did it and they're mad at dad and huffing and like, you're the worst dad. You're so mean. I'm like, yeah, but you did what you thought you couldn't do. Right. So good. they're like, well, fine. And then they run off and they realize dad just got him to do something. <laughs> so that's a little bit of my, my take. I could talk about comfort for a long time right now because it, and it's a third of the prophetic comfort. And it's the one third that we're not good at, at least as men. Let me say men are not good at. We're good at the encouragement and strength. Like I'm good at, yeah, you're awesome, bro. You can do this. You're amazing. Let me help you. I'll arm wrestle you. You know, it's like the, the tough side. But if we miss out on that other third, we are not representing God and the heart of God very well. And I think that's where Heather is a champ. And in what I'm, this season and what it looks like in doing, if somebody posts something on Facebook, instead of just Facebooking back, I'm praying for you, I've intentionally been calling them or again, the letters, but I think there's something more real to the the voice or, you know, the, the handwritten note I think is really important. But I also feel like in this time and in this season, not to text, just to phone call. And even if they don't answer, which most of us don't like to answer our phone, leave the voice memo to say, hey, I'm praying for you. Here's a scripture to encourage you. And I just think that actual contextual voice to voice to your, you know, your heart, there's so yeah. much comfort in that. And even just you and your friends, she got together just the other day and they were talking through hard issues and that kind of stuff. But it was just sitting across face to face with someone nurturing them, spending time with them, letting their voice be heard. Because sometimes comfort is just like, I need someone to hear me. Yes. Not even agree with me, just hear me and don't respond. And Heather's great with that. I love this because, uh, you know, it really kind of even sounds like we're in the midst of a new breed of leader being raised up right now. Even though we have some, some old skill sets that are being highlighted, it's really... You know, uh, I was talking to Daniel yesterday and he said something in Dave Crow and they were saying, you know, these are the times in which books, new books are going to be written on how to lead. Mm. And uh, because there's never been a time like this. And so hearing you guys share this, I love this journey because I do believe there is an aspect in how you guys are leading, even at the Cascade. It is so amazing. I'm thinking to myself, I mean, you're talking, I'm thinking like, I don't remember the last time a leader actually reached out with a phone or a voicemail of me being in a church, you know, setting like that and just thinking like what it would do to me. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Everybody wants to feel known, valued and seen. Right. And when you're actually walking those things out with a prophetic edge, it really does so much for an individual that is, uh, it's just amazing. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving hearing it. I'm also getting ideas, right? I'm getting inspired of some things that we can even do. Yeah. So uh, here's another question for you guys. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. We feel like uh, the Lord is really highlighting husbands and wives leading along, uh, alongside one another, mm-hmm. uh, even in a greater way. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. We feel like the Lord is highlighting husbands and wives leading alongside one another. 
even in greater ways. Do you guys feel that as well? And what are the things that we can do to prepare now for that? I'm thinking it's in the small things leading. I mean, on the stage, it's, you know, that's a big responsibility, but it's the after dinner, we take a walk together, we connect. It's, it's making short accounts. It's saying, Hey, I'm sorry. I messed up today. I was short with you. I am. Please forgive me instead of continuing the bickering. And I think just in this season too, is being with each other in your frustration or in your pain. I mean, there is some big COVID emotions coming out. And I mean, I've lost it numerous times. And he's had grace for me. And I think with that too, that grace looks like sometimes it's not her saying, I'm sorry, I treated you. I'm like, hey, baby, what are you really feeling? Because mm -hmm. it feels like I'm the target for your pain. Mm. So where's your pain at? What's that coming from? Because I know I didn't cause that. I'm not the cause of that. I want to be able to comfort you. But if I'm the problem, I can't comfort you. So how do we, how do, we do that? And having patience with each yeah. other and I, I developing, continuing to develop the romantic, intimate relationship. And oh, yeah. And picking blackberries for your wife for <laughs> breakfast outside of our house. Come today. on. I think it's just simple. I think it's really keeping connection. So when you are leading together, the connection is already there. It's strong. It's yeah. it's it's here because we made time to, you know, walk the backfield and just be with each other and then, you know, just That's good. We baby. did a lot of projects over COVID, right? Yeah. And I I got into one picture organizing all my photos. I'm like I'm going to organize everything. So, but I hit a, hit a wall because it was just really emotional hugging back on the kids' lives and thinking, where are we at? And, and I left it on the floor probably for two weeks. And I finally was like, Hey, what, what's going on with this? Cause I'm usually a get it done girl. Like it doesn't ever sit. Yeah. Ever. Not and, even a day. And him recognizing like something's just, I, this is what's going on. And he was with me in my pain. He held me. He's like, do you want me to help you with this? And I was like, no, I'm good. But I, he let me just sit with myself and, you know, just let the Lord comfort that and, and be with me. And I think in, in this time, especially it's just being aware of your spouse, being aware of your heart, your mind. Are you panicked? We're fine financially. God's got this. What, you know, like, do you need something, you know, just in the contribution of, yeah. of life and, and with the kids, like, do you need me to help with the kids? Like, I think that's been just a key in this season, particularly to stay connected, to be able to be here with you on this podcast and, and a hundred percent we're connected. Yeah. You know? And, and I think with that as, as well, there's these, there's these moments like Heather's coming into a ministry setting that I've been in my whole life. Mm -hmm. So if, if she gets stuck in the road of, I have to be as excellent and as articulate as Ben is in front of a group of people. That kind of pressure cripples me and will put you in a place where you say, oh, I quit. I'm not good at this. I'm like, you don't, you don't put a kid on a bike and say, ride the bike. And then they crash and you're like, ah, oh, give me the bike back. You're a failure. You know, but we do this with ministry, we do this with life, and we never give each other enough space to learn something new. And so good. And, and and then get praised for the value they brought in it and the risk they brought to it. And I think we're learning, you know, 
some of of that in where we're at. What were you going to add? Well, just in the strength and weakness of of me. I mean, coming along with Ben right now because I'm I'm I can nail it as a photographer. And this, you know, it's I'm growing, yeah. which is okay. Yeah, and I love that kind of interplay with one another. And my wife always says this: revival isn't revival until it shows up in your home. And and how do we how do we actually call it revival if we're doing awesome over here, but at home we're totally disconnected? And I'm like, everything in ministry overflows from our number one ministry, which is husbands and wives, how we minister to each other, how we minister our children. You know, it even says in scripture, you know, hey, if you don't have this right, you shouldn't assume to lead. Uh, You can't be a leader. And somehow we've got it mixed up because we highlighted giftedness above character. And, And we highlighted someone being gifted in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but who weren't abiding and didn't manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's where we're learning. See, look, this is abiding. And so our gifts actually represent something greater when we operate in them because we've abided with one another, Heather and I, and we abide with him. And so then what happens? Against these things, there is no law. Fruit of the Spirit has no law or anything anti against it. You can't argue fruit of the Spirit. But when we highlight giftedness, that's where we cause each other to envy. Why do you keep provoking each other to envy? Because we're competing with our gifts rather than living out the fruit of abiding with one another and with Him. And I think that's where we're coming. Good word. You know, one of the things you just been uh, talking to a lot of people about, and I, I love because you guys are hitting on this, is that, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe uh, that the Lord caused COVID, but he can use it. Oh, absolutely. And what I what I do uh, believe is happening is, you know, we there's been this whole thing about the harvest, you know, the billion soul harvest, all mm-hmm. the harvest mm-hmm. were being prepared. Maybe, just maybe, this is a time where we've had to go get our house in order, right? So we can carry the weight of what is about to be released. Yeah. Because if we don't have our house in order and we take on a responsibility or a harvest that's beyond us, it can cause some cracks in our foundation. Mm. And I, I really do believe that some of the things that are happening right now is like, you know, I mean, just even the statistics I was talking to a counselor uh, a while back and even the statistics right now between, uh, you know, marriage issues and, and, and even some uh, statistics of child abuse because of, yeah. of, of parents not having that interaction with their kids and now being around their kids 24 seven, it, it's, yeah. it's causing things to come to the surface that we have to deal with. And I love that you guys are giving people permission right now that, that, Hey, it's a test of our heart. It's, it's, it's a time of promotion, but we have to be tested to make sure that we can carry the promotion. For Absolutely. Sure. So, uh, here's another question. Uh, actually last question. What do you guys both see prophetically happening in the body of Christ right now? Like the sons of Iskar, what are the times and what should we do? For me in this season, I, I feel like Philippians four verse, um, eight, eight but I like the beginning. Don't be pulled, verse 6, and this is in the Passion Translation, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. 
Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And, and you know, in another translation, it's lovely. And so I just, I really feel like we have to guard our thoughts. We have to redirect our thoughts. We have to take captive of our thoughts. If social media is triggering your thoughts and spinning your thoughts, get off of it. Take a break. I really feel like this season is a season of lovely thoughts. What What is God speaking okay. and redirecting that? Because it will just derail you. It'll derail conversation. Yeah. It's just really important. So Powerful, that's, baby. that's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, and I would say towards that, we, we have a script, scripture, Isaiah 26.3 on, on Heather Stresser, and it's been on there for couple of years now, but in the Passions Translation, I, I love it. It says, um, absolute perfect peace will surround those yeah. whose imaginations are consumed with him. And I, I just I just feel that's like... That's the Passion Translation yeah, version Passions as well. Yeah, Passion Translation. And, and here's the deal is the devil is hijacking our imagination and we're letting him do it by feeding on the news, by feeding on all this other stuff, by feeding on social media, by feeding on the next problem. We, we leap from problem to problem to problem to problem, and we wonder why we can't sleep. We wonder why there's no solutions. We wonder why we feel like we're gonna die. We wonder why suicide rate is going up. We wonder why domestic violence is going up. We wonder why child abuse is going up. Yep. Why? Because we're letting our imagination be hijacked and what we're thinking about, what we're consumed with is, is really killing us. And, and I'll just say this, and I know we don't have a ton of time because I've, I'm the type of guy who I've got a bazillion words, but my big thing is right now, God's dealing with our side yards. And let me just tell you this, side yard, what's a side yard? It's the place where you put all your trash you know, don't want anyone else to see. And so you'll invite people, people can see your front yard all the time, but then your friends get to see your backyard. But you never show off your side yard to anyone. Why? Because that's where all the crud and garbage of life that you think maybe one day you'll do something with and it just rots over there and, and you never invite anyone into your side yard. And right now, I believe God's dealing with our side yards. That is good. And I'm telling you, I, I'm in the middle of a remodel of our side yard. And what did I have to do first? First, I went in with a tractor and I had to dig it all down and tear everything out. And then the next thing I did was I had to dig holes for sprinklers because God's wanting us to be watered at all times and, and not have it, you know, the church hose that we're dragging around to water each individual plant where you have to continually do it. Yeah. Well, he's doing that. I can remember when I dug it all out, Heather's like, this is a mess. This looks horrible. What are you doing? And right now we're in the middle of the side yard mess. God's dealing with everything in our lives and in people's lives that no one wanted to look at, that the world didn't want to look at. And he's like, no, we're going to deal with it now. And we're going to go all the way down to the root system. We're going to dig it out to bare dirt. That's humbling. Dirt is symbolic of humbling. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, we're going back to the garden. Remember the garden? 
God formed Adam out of the dust of the earth. Yep. And then he breathed life. And I believe we're right in the dust forming season, but there is a breath of the Holy Spirit that's going to breathe life, new life into all the dead areas that we've seen for a long time. We're going to see a breakthrough like we've never seen before. And God's going to roar over the 20s. I believe it. Uh, he spoke to me about that, and I believe there is going to be a turn back to godly morals, where in the roaring 20s and the 1920s, there was a rejection of morals. This is going to be a return back to godly morals. And in the 1920s as well, there was the advent of radio going global. It was the first time we had mass media. God's going to take over the media and technology space. He's going to get that. And I know you guys are tapping each other. You can't see this on the recording. <laughs> but Matt and Des are, are, are nodding because they know it's the truth. Oh, I'm nodding too. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. And I'm just telling you, like, the roaring 20s. God is going to roar over the 20s. Mm -hmm. And it may look like garbage now, but he's allowing this stuff to come to the surface so it can finally be dealt with. Wow. Wow. Man, now you're... you're Getting too oh, close to home. Yeah, with that, I know that garbage. I'm just thinking there. about. Like, we got some work to do. I know this episode is going to be airing the week of School of the Prophets, but it just makes me so excited about what's going to take place this yeah. year at School of the Prophets mm -hmm. because you see a theme happening uh, with prophetic uh, in the prophetic, but also with prophetic people and prophets. Is that this really is a time? You know. Uh, I, I was reading this week and it just really was amazing. First Kings, it said, uh, you know, uh, King Jehoshaphat was looking for the pure word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And there were 400 prophets that he sought out. And after they all gave the word of the Lord, he said he still inquired of the word of the Lord. And doesn't that sound yeah. just like that? We have so many echoes of saying, this is the Lord, this is the Lord, this is the Lord. But yet it still doesn't sit right. We're still looking because we know, ah, oh, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. And in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the echoes, it just seems like right now the Lord is raising up pure voices. Yeah. And uh, that's what I hear coming from both of you guys. And Thank it makes you. me so excited uh, just about the future of having two, uh, you know, just amazing leaders uh, that are just, you know, uh, going forward as forerunners in the prophetic and just hearing your guys' heart uh, not to have so much hope of the type of leaders and uh, just sons and daughters that are going to be raised up in this next generation mm -hmm. uh, that are going to carry just the, the, the pure, authentic word of the Lord. Wow, guys, this has been so amazing. Thank you guys so much for being Absolutely. on today. Before we close out. This was fire. This fire, yes. <laughs> I know, we should have done so like good. five episodes today. I, I am so excited to re-listen to this. Um, so as we close out, is there any last thoughts you would like to leave the listener today? It's going to be okay. Mm. That's a good God's word. got okay. this. Yeah. When it gets overwhelming, worship. When you're stuck, worship. Get That's in good. the word. Redirect your thoughts. I really feel like it's so vital right now to partner with Holy Spirit and and lean into Him and lean into His voice. And, you know, this, this last week, it was emotionally like upside down for me. And I mean, on the floor, literally just super hard and... He, you know, walked me through it, but worship and just, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah and I was reading first Samuel chapter three this morning again, and I'm just reminded of who we surround ourselves with and even the habits we surround ourselves with 
opens the door to hear the voice of God. And I, I just, it, it's so funny because Samuel's being raised in the, house, in the priest's house of Eli, and he's being raised as a priest, not a prophet, a priest first, one who ministers to God. And he's, That's good. and he says, the word of the Lord was rare in those times. And what did he do? He was doing all the priestly duties. He's doing all the right stuff. But there's a difference because there was the sons of Eli who were doing the same things, but with a bad heart. And I, I'd say this, if you've been reading the Bible, if you've been worshiping, but you still haven't heard the voice of God and you're like, it just feels like I'm going through this exercise and it doesn't feel real and it just feels like, you know, religion maybe. I'm like, those are foundational. Those are the foundations of it. But I'm telling you what, God's about to speak to you. God is about to speak to you. Don't quit. Don't give up on the doing good. And and I, I, I feel like I want to encourage people with my favorite quote is, never doubt in the darkness that which you believed in the light. And there's so much darkness. There's so much things that we can get consumed on. But if we recognize that the darkness is the place of intimacy, that's where the... what. When it gets dark, we go to bed. We get in our bed. That's a place of so intimacy and connection. And and God's taking us in the bedroom right now, so to speak. And he wants to speak to us. So don't give up on doing those things. Connect yourselves to voices of fathers and mothers. And, and this, this podcast right here is one of those assets that help us. It's like Eli. Remember Samuel hears the voice of the Lord and runs to Eli. What, you called me? No, I didn't call you. Three different times. Mm -hmm. And then he says, oh, this is the voice of the Lord. And so when we anchor ourselves to other things like that, what, through what Heather said, worship, scripture, but also through tools like this, you know, people who are going after God, you're going to hear as you listen to this podcast today, your heart leapt in some way because you heard the voice of the Lord. You didn't hear the voice of Heather. You didn't hear the voice yep. of Ben or Matt or Des. You, you heard the voice of the Lord yeah. through our voice. And, and we just bless you with that. And we're, we're saying, hey, God's about to speak and he's going to speak to you powerfully and it's going to change the rest of your life. Amen. Wow. Wow. So good. How can the listeners continue to follow you guys, glean from you, uh, whether the photography or what's going on here? Can you guys just give them how they could some access points to stay connected? Good old Instagram, Heather Armstrong Photography. And then Yeah, and Prophetic. she's on Facebook too and all, all those deals. And she's Bethel got a, Prophetic and Ben Armstrong. Yeah, we've got an Instagram, Bethel, uh, Bethel Prophetic, that's really all about encouraging, equipping, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, you can follow me at the Ben Armstrong Instagram. We also have BethelProphetic.com, which has a bunch of online e-courses. Uh, we have a subscri whole subscription where you get access to everything, and you can go through that your, at, at your leisure or you know cram in in one month type deal. But there is tons of training and equipping in the prophetic and dreams, dream interpretation. Mm -hmm. Uh, in building prophetic communities, uh, all of those different types of things. So 
Yeah, see with that. Well, awesome. Guys, it has been a joy having you on this episode today. It's so Thank good. You. We're so honored. And uh, we look forward to the, getting this into the listeners' hand. We'll have to do another one here soon. Yes. Yeah, you guys are fun. <laughs> you <laughs> Thank guys you. Are. You guys are Thank fun. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.